to prisoners. I call for you cultivation of strength in the dark. Dark gardening in the vertigo cold. In the hot paralysis. Under the wolves and coyotes of particular silences. Where it is dry. Where it is dry. I call for you cultivation of victory over long blows that you want to give and blows you are going to get. Over what wants to crumble you down, to sicken you. I call for you cultivation of strength to heal and enhance in the non-cheering dark in the many, many metans after, in the chalk and choke. Big up, Gwendolyn Brooks. Namaste, assalamualaikum, shalom, mir, niha, buenos dias, buenos tardes, heseche, akwaba, welcome in, what up though? This is Convo with Zuri G, I am Zuri G, aka Peter Johansson OCC. Today's conversation is with Sister Arlette, who is the director of the Twing Student Center at Case Western Reserve University. Uh, she and I um, are uh, colleagues, uh, brethren for over a decade. We meet at Case over a decade ago, and we talk about that uh, in the uh, in the convo. Um, but she regularly uh, gives counsel and advice and guidance and interaction to students at the university, and is a uh, is a very uh, compassionate, um, intelligent. A woman who is uh, has the intelligence and the empath- empathy um, to to help people and and particularly young people uh, uh, find find grounding, find path, find inspiration uh, in people's walk in this life. So she and I have many um, fantastic conversations through the years, and um, and particularly because she she. Um, she gives advice and, and guidance for people uh, for students of many different backgrounds. That's one of the things that we talk about. The, the specific topic is on um, tips for students who are graduating, whether it's from school or from high school, from university, whatever, uh, grad school, whatever, but but are getting ready to go into the world or to another stage of life, uh, particularly a stage of life where there is there tends to be less readily available opportunities for interacting with people who are different in from in, in a multicultural sense so uh the tips are how to like continue uh that multi vibe and and uh experience um when one is increasingly in uh in life in the in the in the people say the real world actual world whatever but as we continue in in, in this uh in this walk um so that's a general joint um 
I get to listen to the, all of it. I was actually listening to some of it as I was preparing the audio, and I still have to like work on the upload and everything. Um, but she dropped some gems, yo. Um, and it's funny because like I'm listening um, in the initial conversation that she and I have, um, and sometimes I think we might take things for granted. Um, and uh, uh, so somebody says something, we just say, okay, yeah, that sounds nice, okay, and they kind of and, and it kind of like wipes or brushes off or whatever else um but but when we have the opportunity to like revisit that or or like remember that it's like wow we that was awesome so uh when i was listening to the just the a, a portion of the the audio and in, in preparing it for upload um i was like wow that was that's a nice one right there so um I'm, i look forward to listening to the rest of this although i'd, I'd remember we had this conversation maybe a few weeks ago about a month ago um so it's comparatively recent and uh uh yeah that's much of it yeah i do a lot of talking at the beginning again um so anyways it is what it is and here it is Yeah, also one thing I just started listening to it. Also, one thing uh, to share is that the audio on this joint is a little bit uh, low. Um, and that's one of the things I'm working on in terms of the upload. Uh, I did the recording on the, uh, the, the app, but I, I stopped it at some point and I think the, the, the continuation joint didn't take. So I'm utilizing the backup audio that I recorded from the computer, the laptop. So it was actually a, uh, a second hand or a, a second source type of um, um, audio recording. And thus uh, Arlette's voice is, it, it's, it's the phone voice. Um, so it's it's audible but it takes a little bit further concentration and effort to kind of hear her articulation um so i, I doubled up the volume on and, and then i'm i'm, I'm uh, i had to like reduce it from a um a video recording to an audio recording so that i could upload it so i'm uncertain how what the quality is going to be when i've actually uploaded back onto the platform um, but I doubled up the volume. Um, it seems to be still um, workable. But anyways, it's just a solicitation for patience. And if you listen to this whole joint, hey, you, you got some of it already. How about that? So anyways, here it is. Of, of uh, the, 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 the blog, not the blog, but the, um, the podcast is just very like natural, casual, informal, relaxed. Um, I, I don't actually even do editing because I, I, I refer to like what uh, I call the uh, the spirit of the conversation. Uh, and so when there are awkward pauses or whatever else, hey, guess what? That's going in there too. Uh, so it's just like it is okay. what it is. And so it, it emphasizes like the authenticity. And additionally, um, so that's kind of like the, the approach and the style. Kind of minimalistic in terms of the uh, the aesthetics or whatever. Uh, so uh, the, basic, the, pre the premise of the podcast itself and uh, in, in, in the convos is – is, is based upon my experience of being mélangé, of being mixed heritage and, and, and interacting with people from different backgrounds. Um, and I've, I've done things through the years. And um, recently people say, hey, I should do a podcast. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So I, I'm starting to have these convos. I recorded uh, about half a dozen or actually probably over half a dozen at this point and releasing them on a weekly basis. Uh, and so I, I, I just released the first introduction to the series uh, this week. And then from this point on, God willing, I'll do it each week. Um, so 
it doesn't just because I'm mixed doesn't mean every convo is about being mixed because I'm having convos with people with all sorts of type of people from different backgrounds, ethnicities, religions, and additionally, and it's through the aggregate of these conversations that people get what it's like to be in like a, a mixed experience or a multicultural experience, and additionally, so um, given your experience, um, in, in like you say just a moment ago, working with students, um, and um, engaging with students, providing uh, a welcome and a comfort. Uh, for students to be at home and relaxed and, and, and secure and, and, and uh, to have a, a solid foundation to, to pursue their studies. Um, and and uh, uh, that's, that's, that's what we're going with on this joint as well. So uh, with the, for, the general format that I utilize in, in these initial conversations is, is just actually to like describe how, how you and I know each other, like how we meet uh, to give some context to the convo. Uh, and then I invite you to talk about your ancestors, your heritage, uh, and what brings you to who you are today. Uh, and then we can get into the topic uh, that we, we, we uh, referenced before about uh, tips for students to, to uh, continue being or doing multiculturalism after graduation. Uh, and then I invite you to share a message for the next seven generations, like the uh, one to grow on afterwards to wrap it all up. So that's kind of the format that we're looking at. Okay. Does that sound all right? Yeah, fine. All right, cool. So, Sister Arlette, we meet like a decade ago, uh, if I recall. I mean, we, 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 I think we, I shared this story recently, like in the past few weeks of the past year or so about uh, like the first conversation that we had. Uh, so it might be in, in your memory, but I'll just say it again just for the sake of continuity. Um, I, it was, like I said, about a decade ago, and I was in, I was in a certain um, phase of maybe, maybe some rebelliousness or whatever, but... Uh, I had a certain custom. I still do it, but I, I do it to a lesser extent at the moment. But I was uh, in the uh, student center of which you preside. You are the director of the student center at Case. And I was sitting there in the student center, uh, and I had my, my feet wear, my footwear off. And I was in my, my bare feet or my socks or something like that. Uh, and so there was there were certain reasons why I do that. Uh, but obviously, it's very different. It's very unusual. It's very peculiar. And for some, it might be disconcerting. And so uh, I imagine somebody called that to your attention. Um, and now I've been in situations like this before and, and not necessarily because of the footwear or whatever, but uh, just for being different or whatever and, and there being concerns. And so oftentimes the initial reaction is, oh, call the guys with guns, get the security. We need to get this guy out. Uh, and so and I was, I'm ready for that. And, I, and, I, and when the security comes, I'm, I was smiles and I, and I try to be as, as conversational as possible, but I'm ready for that. So that being said, you have a different approach, and that's, it's, it's like what makes you so beautiful. Because I saw, I saw it like from the very beginning. Um, you come just coming casual, uh, and you come right direct to the table, and you were like, uh, "So, is there a particular reason why you don't have your shoes on?" <laughs> and and I was like, "Oh, okay, she's 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 willing to have a conversation." So I was like, I, I gave a little bit of the reason why about tradition and, and taking footwear off when, when being inside a place, whatever, and. And then even then, you were you were like, well, you know what? That's okay. I'm okay with that. But do me a favor. You, I don't say you said do me a favor, but you said what I do ask you to do is, um, uh, if you if you choose to move outside of this like table, if you choose to like walk around the building, I, I ask you to put your footwear on just for safety sake and additionally. So you were you were so diplomatic and so gracious and so compassionate and so dignified. In, in your response and how you handle that, I, I was very impressed by that. And I'm like, okay, this has got, got something going on here. So, uh, and then since then, through the years, I mean, we've had some awesome conversations. 
Uh, and and uh, and this this is uh, this this uh, session today is just like another continu uh, continuation, a continuation, uh, part of the continuity of those conversations. So uh, that's that's what I remember. Does that does that sound recognizable the way I describe it? Yes. Okay. I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. So uh, with that being said, um, I, I invite you to share. Uh, uh, something about your your ancestry, your heritage. What makes you you? What brings you to this place where we are at this moment? Uh, and and uh, what guides you in your walk in life? Ooh, okay, I know so it's big. African American, as far as I know, both parents are um, coming from the south, migrating to um, this regional area. Um, my curiosity about diversity started with myself first, and so learning who am I in all of this. Um, my, my mom and dad divorced. Um, my dad remarried, and his third wife is um, someone who's a um, who's white. Mm. She's from Finland, mm. and so they got married. They had a son, so I have a brother who's a um, multi mixed culture, right? Uh -huh. And so he. Um, stayed in Detroit and he grew up there and and watching his journey uh, was very interesting. Didn't understand it, mm. but saw so much. Um, also working in the Office of Multicultural Affairs, and so I was there and, and got a chance to talk to students and what does it mean as far as identity and, and, and how do you own that and claim that and, and navigate that experience. Then went on because I wanted to have the voice as well as the paper to back up the voice. Mm. So actually going to Cleveland State and getting my master's degree in diversity mm -hmm. and, and, and understanding it from a psychological standpoint, um, not as social, because to me, uh, when you talk about identity, it's about really looking at oneself and it starts with you before you can actually reach out to others. And so. That was my, that's my journey coming into diversity work as well as this discussion. Mm. Beautiful. Kind of get some leeway, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. And, and, and you want to know? It, well, oh, there's so much, but I, we got to we got to maintain balance and, and, and modesty. So, but but I mean, now th there's some new information for me to process. So um, I'm 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 taking that in. Uh, and, and meanwhile, I also like you you describe some of your your what precipitates your interest specifically in diversity. But also, I mean, you're you're you you're very you you have a strong intellect. Um, you're very mindful, and it's not just a matter of intelligence, but but there's a, a conscientiousness. Uh, with their with, with that intellect as well, which is impressive because a lot of people can be smart but not be able to relate to people. But you you are intelligent, but you're also very relatable, um, an empath, um, but with with a strong intellect. And so I wonder whether you can speak about uh, where where that comes from, like where what you attribute that 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 intellect, but also um, that relatability, um, where you get that from, whether it's from your parents, whether it's teachers, or it's just like how you, the culture that you grew up in, or, or where that comes from. So that's a good point. I mean, I would say that when I think about who I am and, and what makes me centered, it would be all of that. It would be looking at my mom's life and, and watching her struggle to raise, you know, being divorced for children and, mm. and, and having to navigate that and going back to school and her and, and looking at her journey. It's also from a religious standpoint mm. um, and having forgiveness, understanding that 
Um, I don't wake up thinking that people are doing something to me. I mm. think people are just living their lives, and then we tend to bump um, through life, and then how do we navigate those bumps, right? And then it's also through my own personal relationship, having someone who has poured into me. And so I am, uh, you know, a married person, and so having someone pour into that, having children pouring into them as well as them pouring back into me. Mm -hmm. And all of that has, you know, and, and especially you have a family. Family will push at you, whether it's siblings, whether it's a spouse or children. Family will push back and forth. And I think the more we let people in, the more we feel the tug, whether it's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we'll feel the tug. Okay. If we let them in. If we don't let people in, we tend to walk around feeling that, oh, nothing can happen to me. And, and usually when I meet people like that, it becomes you're not letting people in because mm. you should be pulling back and forth and, and in your discussions and in your life and everything else. Yeah, there's mutuality, reciprocity. And, and through that, we, we strengthen yeah. our experience of balance. Yeah, and, and that's where the empathy comes in because... When you allow yourself to be open and people push at you, when you learn to forgive yourself mm. is when you truly can learn to forgive others. So mm. if you're not being pushed at and someone's not challenging you to say, you hurt me, you did this, or, mm. or and, and question, you know, what makes you so right, right? If no one is pushing at all of those things, then it's harder for you to find the empathy in others sure. or to be sympathetic or whatever to, in forgiveness. Yeah, and then it allows you not to forgive yourself. You you wall off, and so you're not you're, you're, nothing's coming in either either way. Yeah, and and one thing I tell people is that love is the greatest power that humanity knows. And a lot of people focus on force yeah. about like like a destructive thing and, and and looking at bombs and things like that and looking at that as perceiving that as power, but. Love is the greatest power. Yes. Um, and ultimately, love is yes. a suggestion. It's not a force. It's a suggestion. Um, and yes. there's a consideration that the, the greatest expression of love is forgiveness because it's exactly, we can only forgive after we've experienced pain, after we've been betrayed. Um, and yes. so so the forgiveness is that like that highest exercise of love. And that's actually what the, the etymology of the word forgiveness is. If, we, if you look at four, meaning the utmost, give and offering of oneself. And then this is like the abode of. So that's like, like the, the greatest expression of love. Now with that though, when you talk about... Go, on, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to bring in the, the multicultural piece. Yeah. Because depending on one's identity and, and, and what that looks like as far as the, the, the different pieces of who they are. Mm. And we all have it. You know, even though I may be someone African-American, I may have other pieces to who I am. There are other facets to me, right? We have to be able to look up, look at all of who we are. Mm -hmm. So if you're multicultural and facet and, and you want to benefit from the privileged side or the side that gives you the more the more accolades, then what you're saying to the other side is there's something there. Mm -hmm. And then what is there that you don't want to own and claim? Is that pain? Is that hurt? Does that make you feel less than? What is that? And mm -hmm. so that love is loving all of who we are but all of that comes with something, and, and that goes into, I don't want to keep going, I, I don't know if I should be waiting for you to ask me these questions, no. like one, two, and three, but I've, I already have them in my mind to, why is it important to, you know, not just love oneself, but love all of oneself. Right, aha, uh -huh. okay. The cultural side of that is what I, what I was going with. Okay, cool. So let, all right, let's let's get into that. And and um, the one thing I was going to say also on, on the forgiveness front is that, 
an element of forgiveness is trust. And that can be extremely difficult because I know yeah. I know a lot of people, including yeah. myself, to be honest, have very significant trust issues, if, if we can use that euphemism. Um, yeah. And so yeah. it's one thing to forgive and let, let, let things go. But then trust, oh, that's a big one right there. Uh, and now that's that's on a personal level and at a familial level. Um, but it's also in a community level when we're talking about communities trusting each other and, and particularly after having histories uh, and, and additionally. And so um, that's one of the things that I appreciate within multiculturalism and particularly at the stage of life of university when, when students are still young, still learning, still open to, to like new experiences and, and new, new ways of uh, new different ways of thinking. Uh, and so that's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but then when I, what, what I've recognized and what I've experienced after graduating, after that stage of life, when people like get into the household life of being married, having children, having responsibilities, having the job, there's the, ten, there's the, 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 the draw or the, 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 the pull for people to be entrenched within their own community um, and, and, and be aligned and have allegiance with their own community and be, be in, in accord with the agenda with one, within one's own community. And not necessarily uh, uh, exactly uh, antagonistic to other communities, but just that 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 openness kind of narrows down. And I liken it to the um, the the story of the fox and the hound, um, where the fox and the hound are as puppies. They're the best of friends, and they get along, and and uh, they they play day in day out and everything. But as they get older, they recognize. Wait a minute, hold up, wait. I'm a fox. Wait a minute. I'm a hound. Wait, we got different roles in this joint. Um, and so it's like we, 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 when we mature, we recognize, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, at, when we talk about multiculturalism and, and, and going into our different communities, like, oh, wait a minute. When am I going to see this other person again? Like, when, when are we going to be able to like, hang out and this, that, and the other? Because they're going to be living in this city or they're going to be doing this. And, and so uh, what I've, I've observed is the, like the social migration. Um, away from each other after that stage of life, and so the the premise of this convo is how to keep that, how to like how to maintain that that kind of like you or extend that euphoric kind of experience of of uh, having love with other people of other communities uh, and maintaining that through life. Um, and so that's that's the the, the idea of the, the the few tips on on how to do that, how to maintain the multiculturalism, how to maintain the kumbaya and the vibe. As we progress, and we and we do uh, become entrenched within our own communities, and we do fulfill the obligations and, and uh, the responsibilities that we have in our own communities to contribute to our own communities. How do we do that? But then also maintain and, and honor the relationships that we build um, at that university stage in the multiculturalism. So, um, with that, I invite you to, to uh, share one of the tips. Sounds like you were you were getting to one of them already. Um, that 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 you sh that you share. Okay, so I'm, I'm thinking about college students, right? They're right. graduating throughout. Okay. And a lot of times when they get into corporate, when they get into corporations or education or whatever field of study they have, they decide to go out to, they tend to think of diversity, inclusion, and all those things that we talk about, age discrimination, aging, whatever it is. But in this case, it's, it's multiculturalism. It's a one-off. I just, I did what I was supposed to do, right? Okay. I, I am graduating, I've had an experience, I did a diversity class or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then one day, they're on their job and they're working and it becomes, someone calls them out. They'll, you know, it, it could be in a meeting. Mm -hmm. And someone can look and say, you know, tell us more about um, the African American community and da 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 What can we do about marketing and da da And then that person is caught off guard. Mm -hmm. 
Because in their mind, they're thinking, well, wait a minute. First of all, I'm biracial. Mm. And who are you to tell me about my... Who are you to call me out on what does it mean for me to be a person of color? Mm. And how do you know I even identify in that way? So I would tell someone who is of multicultural descent, whatever you see in the mirror, I would advise you to truly learn, not own, learn and stay relevant about that community. Mm. So if you are Asian and white and you look more Asian, I would advise you to truly learn. I would tell students, I would tell professional people, learn about what does it mean to be of Asian descent. Because when you walk into meetings, people see you. Whether you, however you decide to identify, it's up to each individual. Mm. But you need to know, meaning the person, what they are walking into. Because if they're not aware, no matter how old they get, they will constantly bump up against against society and then they will at some point maybe start to internalize something that is not there to internalize or mm. own. Mm. Okay. And it's important that they understand that when they walk out in the real world. I've had students who come back to me and said um, they didn't hear the words such as, um, you're not, this is a student who's biracial but looks African American and when they were in a meeting, they, they said, uh, I'm trying to remember what they said. It was something like, we thought you were going to bring new ideals. We thought that you were going to. And so it became all these subliminal messages to one's identity. And so I was the person who said to them, what they were thinking is, they thought that you were someone who was of black descent, and you grew up that way, and that your communication, your ideals, or whatever they thought you were going to bring, it was going to have this... Um, African-American flavor. In actuality, this person actually grew up in a predominantly white community, mm. grew up, went to a predominantly white school, and they didn't understand what this people were trying to ask. They were like, I gave them what they wanted. Yeah. I said, <clears throat> you are absolutely right, but they already had that. Yeah. They you were to bring something else, and you didn't even know what the something else was. Yeah. I said, and that's how people get blindsided in their multicultural look. So okay. it's important, back again, to knowing one's history, not owning it, but knowing it so that when you navigate through different, you know, journeys in your life, you have an awareness of some of the blind spots that may, that you may get hit with. Okay. And you don't have to own it. You can push back on it and say, I understand that you may have, if you if the person choose to educate, mm. they may not. You, I don't believe that just because you are a multicultural background that you need to educate everyone mm. and that's not you're not put here now if you choose to you can and then to the students who i had another student who said to me you know i am so tired now this is someone who's biracial who said to me of different cultures two different cultures but but you can tell that something was you could tell that they were a biracial but you couldn't tell what the, the sure. mix was ambiguous right? yeah and so the person but the person said i am so tired of black people trying to figure out who I am, right? He said, I never had a problem with white people. And then I looked at him and I said, the reason why you never had a problem with white people, because if they know nothing else, they know that you're not white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Black people are trying to figure out, can I trust you? Right. Can I have a conversation with you? What makes you who you are? Yeah. And if I said something to, you know, about white, will you be offended? 
So I'm trying to figure out what kind of relationship can I form with you? Sure. And I said, white people never have to ask you because if they know nothing then, else, they're not, not all white. Yeah, and, and it's, 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 it tends to not, to not to be there to begin with. Um, so, and, 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 um, that actually reminds me of a few things. I think about a few things when, when, uh, when you say that. So basically like to, to sum up what your, 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 uh, your, your sharing or the suggestion that you're making is, uh, like knowledge of self, um, of, of regardless of what, where one's coming from to, to who, to know like one's history, one's heritage to some extent, um, yeah. and, and to be able to speak on that. Um, because, well, just because that's, that's for anybody of any background. Um, and, and, and actually it reminds me of some personal experience that I have. Um, like one thing when you talk about, uh, not, not knowing oneself and like trying to, to like in, invest oneself in the assimilationist methodology and then like being called out for not knowing about oneself, because like you say, regardless of how much one is uh, acculturated to like a mainstream um, 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 uh, experience, when a person is included within uh, uh, within a company or within a, an organization, it's often as a representation of a certain constituency, uh, and and with the expectation of being able to speak to the experience and have some influence and connections with that constituency. Um, and it actually reminds me of an adage that was shared when I was at Hampton, uh, at which. For those who don't know, is an HBCU. Um, when I was at Hampton, uh, and and we were having career days and and career fest and things like that, and I would see like mainstream corporations uh, participating in this, and it, I would always kind of like it was interesting to me because I think, well, wh why are these corporations recruiting at this like place that nobody knows about generally in, in mainstream in mainstream society? Like, how how do they know to be here? Now, now, don't don't get it twisted. There's some brilliant brothers and sisters at, at Hampton University and HBCU, so I know that. But the mainstream people usually don't even know what Hampton is, and then when they hear about it, they're like, "Oh, okay." But all that being said, what was explained was that um, when when corporations and companies specifically look for people of African ancestry, one, one of the places that they go to are HBCUs, and particularly, often to be honest, certain elite HBCUs because they know that the, the, the type of student they're going to get from that. Uh, and so that was, that speaks to what you're saying about having that knowledge of self and being a representation of the constituency. And so um, that's one experience that I'm reminded of when I'm, when I'm listening to, to your response. And then another one is actually ironic, um, is that in my spiritual work, in, in my spiritual diplomacy work through the years, I have I, I, I keep in contact with brethren that I've had in, in my, my school days. Uh, and one of one of these dear brethren is um, is Indian. He's Hindu. Uh, he actually is in the, he's in the Detroit area as well. He graduated Wayne State. Uh, and so I've, I've sent emails about things I've done and everything. And he was like, Peter, yo, you're more, you're more Hindu than I am. <laughs> um, because I, I share things like that are very readily, uh, cultural specific, uh, that are, uh, that speak to a lot of different religious and cultural experiences. But I find that as, as people like progress in terms of their career track, there is that, that influence while still being mindful of one's heritage to kind of like be a little bit, um, not speak to it as much or not be as upfront with it in like public about it. And just like, well, that's a side thing. That's, that's something that's a private thing. And so my approach is rather uh, distinct. And so, um, I, I rarely say this is, this is Hindu, this is Buddhist, this is Jewish, this is Christian, uh, Islam, whatever. Uh, and he was just making the comment of like, 
the things I was sharing was like further uh, knowledgeable. Like he, he was telling me how I was telling him about his own culture. And I don't want to be that like patronizing or whatever, but that was basically what he was speaking to because he is very much enveloped in the experience of, of assimilation. Um, and a lot of the things that even he shares with his, his, his children additionally are kind of pop culture types of things um, rather than necessarily the, the, uh, the Indian Desi uh, Hindu background. And so... Um, I guess that I'm just speaking again and emphasizing that knowledge of self thing. And, I, and actually, that's my, that's my first tip that I wanted to share as well, was that knowledge of self. Um, and to be somewhat specific, I mean, Lao Tzu, I mean uh, Confucius talks about this. Like when we talk about what does that knowledge, where do we get that knowledge of self? What is that knowledge of self? Confucius teaches that it is our songs, it is our stories, and it's our rituals. Uh, and so it's a, so it's a having a knowledge of that, and particularly again in the pop culture kind of um, environment and in um, uh, scene, there's 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 like there's a sense a, a sense of losing oneself in 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 that kind of uh, the messaging and and the, and the topics that are covered in pop culture, and, and pop culture is is nice and it's catchy and everything else like that, but. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It often doesn't uh, give people a sense of uh, the tradition, the heritage, where people come from. It doesn't say what what the what the songs are, the ancient songs, the songs that are over a hundred years old, that are over a thousand years old, in a different language, the language that one's ancestors speak, the stories that come from that experience as well, that are passed from generation to generation, that all all the generations of today know, the young, the old, the middle, and additionally, that we can all know what those stories are. Uh, and so that's that's part of our heritage. That's part of who we are and, and where our knowledge of self comes from. Uh, and so that's what I emphasize to students is to, to know that. Uh, and, and amidst like um, buying for, for um, uh, uh, corporate positions or not even just corporate, but any, any kind of occupation, amidst those tendencies to have the knowledge of those songs, to have a knowledge of those stories and to have a knowledge of those rituals and be solid and, and firm in one's own foundation. Um, and then... And to be able to, to be strongly rooted, to reach out and, and like um, to genuinely and, and securely um, extend branches of understanding and cooperation with others. Uh, and to be able to receive comfortably the stories and songs and rituals of others to have a knowledge of what th those are without being, without feeling threatened. That's it. Oh, you're different. You're, 
well, if you're Asian, why don't you know anything about Asian food? You know, why don't you know about Asian? Aren't you supposed to be smart, right? Mm. If you're black, aren't you supposed to know about hip hop? Aren't you supposed to know how to dance? You know, mm. you got both. So it's <laughs> it's so important that people, and that you know, like you said, you need to know. You mm. don't have to own it, yeah. but you need to be aware and have a history background. And you and you and it's not a checkoff. Again, going back to. This is an ongoing process for the rest of your life. Otherwise, it can always, someone can always rear their ugly head of racism or some kind of ism to go after you, to try to cut at you. I've had students who have told me, who graduated in corporate America, and they're out here, and they're, you know, they're getting cut at, or why don't you know this, or who are you, or, you know, I, I or, or let me give it the other side. So I was talking to a young lady who's biracial, and she said to me, Someone she was running for an organization that was for Afri- it was for African Americans, but then the question became, "Are you black enough?" And uh, like, what? Uh-huh. And she couldn't believe that that even came up because she knows her history, so she was able to come back. Just right, exactly, that. exactly. And one of the one of the things I always ask people: if you're checking a box, right, what does that mean? So if you check African American, what does it mean to be a black woman? What does it mean to be a black man? What does it mean to be biracial? What does that mean? Have a definition for it. Because if you don't, people will put stuff on you that is not yours to own. Hmm. Yeah. And and I, I I'm listening to you describe or, or basically reference this 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 uh this um uh void or I shouldn't say void, a spectrum perhaps between um, knowledge and owning. Uh, that's something that you've, you've, you've repeated. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I appreciate that. Um, and, and actually what I would venture to, to, to like add to that or to include within that is some stages in between those two, um, t- those two polarities or those two, two spaces, um, which would be respect right. and appreciation. Because it's 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 it's, been, it's necessary to know, yes, but also in knowing, like have a certain respect for it, like recognize, like this is where we come yeah. from, um, and and yeah. we not we don't have to agree with all of it or whatever, or like we might have our issues right. with it, but give it some respect because a lack of respect for yeah. that is a lack of respect for oneself, um, and actually to be honest, yeah. it's it's a lack of respect for one's own intellect and honesty because there's something to be respected within everybody's heritage and within everybody's culture. Uh, and so it's yeah. part of self-love is loving where we come from. Uh, and that, and that, that requires a very basic respect of where we come from. So it's knowledge and respect. And then with that respect, I think it's appreciation because it's like, yo, I come from this. I appreciate that. Like cats, yeah. cats toil. Yeah. Cats went through difficulties for me to be here. I appreciate that. I, re- I respect and I appreciate that. So how we how we define ownership or whatever I think I mean that's that's further along the spectrum and and that might be to people's different prerogatives and discretion but I mean respect it's knowledge yes but it, it goes even further like knowledge respect and appreciation uh, and then finding one's balance of, of where the, the the ownership or the responsibility or obligation uh, is from there um, but I think and, and that applies to everybody whether they're mixed whether they're 100% whatever and like you said when, yeah. when, when somebody's when somebody's identity is being questioned at a meeting then 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 you uh, if they're persons of African ancestry like yo don't add, don't hear here this is what I'm gonna tell you then you bring out the announcer you brought, bring on some some uh, Mansa Musa or you bring on some uh, some Zulu or and then that kind of shuts down the, the questions significantly at that point 
Um, and, and that's, but that, that has to come from someplace. That's, that's, you can't just pull that out of thin air. Uh, that, that comes from like doing some studies, doing some learning, uh, doing right. and, 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 and knowing when to approach it. And then, but see, that's the strength of our stories. And that's exactly why our stories are here because it's a, fr it's a shared right. frame of reference. It gives us guidance. It, it shares principles and ethics. Yeah. Um, and so when cats call us out, cause you like you say, cats are just being protective. They're like, who is this dude? Can we trust this person? Uh, this, that, and the other, particularly if the person is soliciting some type of, um, leadership role or additionally responsibility, like, well, can we do the trust this dude? When we share our stories, they don't even have to know our name, where we come from, whatever else. The fact that I know this story and I'm applying it to the certain situation that is applicable, that says something right there. I'm like, oh, hold up. All right, now we got to listen. All right, what's up? Uh, because at that point, it's not us talking. It's the stories talking. It's our ancestors talking through us. And people respect that. People who respect their own ancestry that shared respect that as well. And so that's that's part of the thing. It doesn't become it doesn't come it doesn't become like a person to person tete a tete kind of confrontation. It's it becomes that collaborative experience of like we come from the same place. We are we're we're about something of the same thing. So that's what's up. And I was going to say to give a clear understanding. So I wrote down too. Okay. You cannot educate others if you are not an educated mm. person right. about yourself your culture, and your history. And that's on both sides. And the more I agree with you, the more you're open, the more you know about you, that's how you can open up to bring other other cultures in. So the more I learned about what does it mean to be black, that's when I can learn about what does it mean to be white, what does it mean to be Asian. And yeah. that's where I can let more and more in and love all people because I first started to love myself. Most definitely. once I fell in love with who I am, and when I say love myself, I mean learn to love my history. Right. Everything about of course. from Africa through the whole slave trade. Yeah, today, I'm going to tell a story real quick. Okay? Yeah, yeah. A white young man, he came to me and he said, I went to the Mocha Museum. And he said, while I was at the Mocha Museum, I felt like they were coming after me. Mm. I said, I'm sorry, who was they that were coming after you? He said, the Native American Indians. They were talking about white. I said, oh, okay, so let me let me just give some clarity what you're saying. Mm. I said, what does it mean for you to be a white male? He said, huh? I said, you're in America. You know that you're white, right? He said, yes. I said, what does that mean? I said, so I'm going to make it a rhetorical question. You think about it, and then I'm going to tell you something. I said, as a person who's black, I have to earn, I have to know the good, the bad, and the ugliness of my people. Mm. Because society will help me, or society will mark them how they want, and I have to be able to push back on that. Yeah. And I said, and I can own that. Black people can be good, we can be bad, and we can be ugly. Yeah. But have you owned what it means to be white? I said, so if we went back to slavery, I said, and if you were back in that time period, would you be the ugly who owned slaves and beat and did whatever? Would you be the the good where you you were women? Was it good? Bad? Oh, bad. I said, would you be <laughs> bad? Would you be the one that sat on the sidelines? You didn't you you didn't beat or own, but you didn't say anything. Yeah. Or would you be the good? Would you be like the abolitionist? Would you be the Quaker? Would you be those who spoke out against? I said, because when I've learned to accept my people, all of what they were, mm -hmm. then that's when I fell in love with who I was. And so I looked at him and said, have you addressed all of that? Because if you haven't, then that's why you felt that that, that Indian illustration was coming after white people. Mm. They were coming after the ugliness of white. Mm. They may have even been coming after bad white. 
So they weren't coming after the good ones, the ones who really tried to help and save and protect the Native mm. American Indians. Yeah. So who are you if you were on this journey? Mm. So I say that to say that the more we learn about ourselves and our own journey, the more I can be open and empathetic to understand that we all have stuff, but can we forgive each forgive our own so we can so that we can be open and forgive others. It's important that we educate ourselves constantly. Whether we as soon as we graduate, continue matter of fact you need to pick up even more books because most universities other than HBC, they don't serve communities in that way. And mm. so we do have to be more intentional about staying relevant within our own communities. We don't get to go to sleep because you can get blindsided and it's not with yourself, with your children, yeah. with your grandchildren. You have children, you send them to these schools, and then the, and then the, the kid gets called the N-word, or the kid gets called some derogatory term, and then you all of a sudden have to play catch-up to educate your child as well as the school to who you are and yeah. why what they said was inappropriate. And I think that's a, it's, it's an excellent point and an insight that you share in terms of knowing all the different sides of one's own heritage, because uh, a lot... It's one thing to know the positives and the affirmational experience, but it's exactly yeah. relevant and necessary to know the negatives because just in, in, a, yeah. self, in a self-interested um, motivation, because if, if one's a leader within one's own community and doesn't know the nasty, doesn't know the ugly of one's own heritage, when that person is called upon right. to interact with other communities uh, and then the other community says, well, yeah, but we know about you because of this that, and the other. If that, if that leader is going to be like, what? What are you talking about? That the credibility just got shut down the door. Um, and if that's a euphemism right. that I can make up. But I mean, the credibility just gets lost at that point because you, you don't even know what, about this yeah. and the other. Oh, what? Let me teach you about your right. stuff then, Mr. Leader. Uh, so it, we, have to have, we have to have that knowledge of the ugly to be able to speak to that. Um, and, 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 and explain it and, and cause guess what cats, cause what I've learned is that, that there are cats in all different kinds of communities that are, are specifically studying the cultures and traditions and histories of other communities specifically for that purpose, for negotiations and, yeah. in, 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 in uh, politics and, and economics and additionally. Um, and yeah. so, uh, so a leader within one's own community has to be able to know that, speak to that and, 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 uh, provide the other the other elements and, and explanation additionally accordingly to have some type of credibility and uh, and influence when interacting with other communities. So it's necessary, and then continue to have that respect because it, it, yeah, I, I just I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. Um, but I think yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to comment on what you were saying because the reason why most people from multicultural races don't want to learn about the race that is the perceived as the more um, lesser than perceived, not not is, but perceived, right? It's because they are focusing on what society has told them is the ugly of their race. Mm. Right. So they don't, I don't want to learn about what does it mean to be black, because everything I see with black is, is negative. Yeah. But you haven't learned that everything, civil rights, you didn't learn about the struggle. Of course. If you learned it, you would really have a different perspective. And so that's why most people will pull away. I don't want to, I don't want to learn about this culture, this other side of me, mm. because that's negative. And it's yeah. like, you bought, you drunk the Kool-Aid. Now yeah. you shouldn't like everybody else thinking of the negative about being African American or being Asian or Indian, whatever your mixed culture is, you're buying into that. Where society in America would say white is 
everything is measured to white. And it's like, no, who gave them that power? And if you, if you're drinking the Kool-Aid, you just assign that power. All of us are beautiful. All of us played a part in American culture. We all built this country. Mm. This country was not built on them. It was built on all of us. So that part of it, when people don't want to go in to learn the other side, it's usually because they're looking at the ugly and drunk the Kool-Aid. Oh, you didn't do anything. Black people didn't write books. What you talking about? Y'all didn't do. And it's like, really? You need to learn everything so that you don't just appreciate your culture. You appreciate all cultures right. in, this, you know, in this world. Yeah, and and I think sorry, I no, definitely, and and I think I mean it's appropriate for me to add in my in my previous statement that 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 imperative of knowing one the ugly of one's own heritage that's like after knowing the the the, the benefit uh, the ben, the benevolent uh, that's like kind of like an advanced lesson when when intentionally learning the ugly because it's necessary to have a foundation of that affirmational experience and the redemption and and, and like you say so many people have been. Uh, spoon-fed the negative within one's own heritage that it's necessary to like balance that with with a lot a lot of the positive uh, and affirmational and then to to like um compensate and and get beyond the the negative um uh bs for lack of a better word uh that that has been imposed upon individuals um but when one yeah. becomes uh in in a position of leadership it's a matter of having the affirmation already established, having the roots firmly grounded. Um, and with that, yeah. uh, having then that intentional uh, intentionality with the advanced lessons of, of the, uh, the ugly within one's own heritage. So that's, I, I think it's also appropriate to like, can, um, uh, contextualize that accordingly. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about, uh, or, or address the notion of learning about others. Um, and one of the things I did when I was coming out of undergrad or coming out of school, my formal schooling, uh, recognizing that I didn't have the type of interaction with people, I couldn't have the same conversations that were, that I was having at at university, uh, in, in in my schooling. Um, I would start watching uh, films. I would like uh, when Netflix came around, I, I would watch. I would find, look for foreign films. Um, and there's a, a professor, uh, Kwame Apia, who's uh, he's at Princeton. Uh, maybe he's at uh, Columbia or NYU at this point. But anyways, he's he's a he's a, a professor of uh, philosophy, sociology, or something to that effect of the humanities. And he gave an address at the United Nations, and uh, it was on the topic of world citizenship. And he gave like an assignment to the students who are in the in the assembly listening to the lecture or his his speech. And basically, his assignment was to watch one film each month that has subtitles. Uh, just to get outside of one's own familiarity, one's own comfort zone and everything, watch something that, that speaks in a different language from a different experience uh, to, to have a better sense of cosmopolitanism and world citizenship. So I thought that was a very appropriate kind of uh, charge for young people because young people like watching, watching films. So uh, it's, it's, it's engaging students where they already are, but it's, it's stretching a little bit further outside of the comfort zone to have a, a certain uh, repertoire of discipline. So I took that to heart and that's something that I do. But one thing I've recognized, uh, particularly with Netflix and additionally, a lot of the films, at least maybe a decade ago or so, um, but maybe even today, a lot of the films tend to be very... No, no, I won't say that. There tends to be a certain amount of... Um, gratuity i should say in the films it's either about sex or food often um now that being said there are a lot of decent films but even then they're contemporary films and and they're kind of they're still kind of um uh, somewhat formulaic now they give, they provide a lot of nice insight into the experience of other countries and there's some very beautiful films that i've seen through the years but what i've also recognized is that the frame of reference 
Um, when when uh, it, this goes like to the difference between pop culture and the ancient stories. It's one thing to know what the contemporary films are and the, the contemporary storytelling, and that can be effective in, in, in uh, some conversations. But when I've when I've met people from Deutschland or from Japan, additionally, they have yet to see the film, so that frame of reference is kind of lost because they don't even know what that film is. Um, so that's one of the things, the notions about having the distinction between contemporary culture and pop culture and the ancient culture, because uh, when somebody does come from each of those backgrounds, those those cultures, they do know what their old stories are, and so the consideration is knowing what those old stories are, the the old stories in China of Chengzi. Or like I said before, a Nazi from from West Africa, um, and additionally, knowing what those old stories are that that are very very well um, likely that people know, so that when when you're in a, a business negotiation uh, and and trying to explain like a, a, an experience or a principle, you say, oh, I like this story, this, and right there, when you talk about building trust, particularly across communities, that carries a lot of a weight, a lot of cachet, uh, and that provides a lot of assurance to people about, oh, wait, he knows something about a culture. He knows he knows about the principles. He knows why this story is important. Uh, that 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 has a significant influence, even with when somebody's an engineer or an architect or a doctor or whatever else. Yeah. When one is able to to yeah. relate a, a, a story and a principle through one's own, through another's culture, that that's better than gold, actually. Um, and so that's that's one of the reasons why we emphasize like old stories, the ancient stories. The new stories are nice, they're flashy and everything else like that, but it's the ancient stories, the old stories that have resonance with young elders and adults all the same. Totally agree. Cool. That's why I, I'm, I'm adamant about, even, and I like what you said about movies, because even when I'm watching movies, right, there's a point where I get tired of just watching what society gives me. I, so yeah. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I'm watching movies from India or, or India. Or even just people, Indian, Asian, other cultures, because I also understand that, you know, um, people always say, you know, we don't have enough of something, right? We don't have enough Asian movies. We don't have enough Indian movies. We don't have enough. And so I say to the average person, even people of color, are you helping to support what you claim you want to see? Or right. are you just giving lip service to it? Yeah. So it, it's understanding that. Don't just, you know, again, to the whole, I like what you're, how, how you're uh, framing this. Yes, we are talking about mixed race, right? But this can go, this really can be applied to all. Exactly. And, that, um, and, and that's the purpose. All of us are yeah. multifaceted and struggling. Yeah. That, and that's it. Like this is not just this is not just specific to mixed people. This is for all. This is for for people who uh, students at Case who are one hundred percent Indian or Chinese or Japanese who might get a job at a European corporation or something like that. And and there's a very strong influence of uh, of acclimating to that kind of environment. And so the consideration is how to stay oneself within those kind of conditions. Yes. Uh, and when one does have friends and, and, and close, meaningful relationships with people from different cultures, how to keep, how to maintain those um, amidst amidst so those be, conditions. Don't be real. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say, when you, the more you know yourself and then you start to navigate systems, the, kind of, the relationships will be real. And if they're not real, eventually they'll, they'll fade off. It's, it's like the, I'm sorry, I'm gonna use the analogy about the sun, right? Okay. And they say you wanna make your light shine as bright as it possibly can. Mm. Because when it does, those who really understand you will bathe in your sun. So in your light. Those mm. who don't, they will burn off. Mm. So you want those who you bathe in each other's sunlight and you understand each other's strength, it makes you a better person, and you can see through the bull really fast. 
the crack. You can see through it very quickly once you become the eye in the storm and you start to understand the chaos that's going on around you while you still stay centered to who you are. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to pause for a second here just to do, to make an adjustment on the recording. Uh, so I'm just going to pause for a second. So the 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 uh, the app that I'm using it automatically shuts off after a certain duration, and so I wanted to preempt that so to to uh, so that we don't get cut off in the middle of the conversation. So now it's just processing uh, at the moment, and I'm waiting for it to to stop processing. Right, right, right. Yeah, that and and I want to be mindful of that because I know we've been at this for about fifty minutes at this point. So I'm that's what I'm being mindful of. So let's see if we do this. Ha 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 ha. Alright, so this thing is, is acting up a little bit. So what I'm gonna do is I'm recording it through another means, um, so that, that, that we okay. we can do that, but alright. Um we can just continue. Uh so alright. I want to be mindful of our time. Um, you want to give like a, 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 a countdown of how much we have remaining for the convo at this point that you're able to talk? Well, I'm all okay. Okay. Um, the meeting was scheduled from three to four. Okay. All right. Cool. Five minutes. We got it. A couple minutes. All right. So, um, you is before you give your wrap up. Is there any other hint that you want to share um, uh, accordingly? The the main one is uh, you. When I talk about the eye in the storm, mm-hmm. I always like to explain to everyone when they're having discussions, no matter what it is, and if you're coming from a multicultural background and you're not strong in your voice yet, always use the eye voice to only share your experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. Use the I voice. Whether you're talking to, whether it's about you, so it's I, in my experience, no one can take your voice away from you when you use the I. Hmm. If you make it a group dynamic or you make it anything outside of the I, that means you are talking about me and I get to jump in and snatch your stuff. Ha ha ha. Attack you. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But if you use the I voice, that is your story. That is your experience, and no one can take it away. Okay, I I appreciate that discipline. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and again, it's di- it's difficult for somebody to argue against that, and so I recognize the legitimacy within yeah. that approach. Uh, now that being said, I do have like an addendum to that, uh, or or just my experience. I'll share my experience. Ha <laughs> ha. How about that? Um, so I think particularly at a, at a, at a nascent stage of like. Um, 
cultural diplomacy, I think that's very beneficial. Uh-huh. At, at some point, though, uh, particularly because in certain cultures, it, there's a very strong we mentality. If we look at African cultures, if we look at even like traditions in Israel and additionally, there's a very strong we rhetoric. Uh, and that we means that collective specifically, not necessarily the, the audience to whom a person is speaking. Um, so uh-huh. it's a matter of like knowing, establishing that I rhetoric, but then also um, learning the we rhetoric. Um, and in that we rhetoric, because I utilize I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I utilize I, but I also emphasize, I emphasize we, uh, and, and I'm also re- uh, mindful of how I utilize we when I mean it in a specific context that might That's be, might not, ex- might not include everybody else actually in the room. And then when I utilize it as an intentionally an aggregate, a universal sense, uh, I'm very mindful that yeah. when I'm, when I'm speaking like that, it's a truth that's applicable, uh, that stands to the scrutiny, or even that invites the conversation accordingly. Uh, but particularly as a spiritual diplomat, when I'm working to build bridges, I very much emphasize the we rhetoric to, to emphasize the experience of, of collect, collectivity and, and um, uh, uh, being in the same boat. But it has to be done with skill. Gotta have skill to do that. Okay. When you're sharing an experience, it's the I voice. Sure, right. When you're trying to group, it's the we voice. Okay. So, if I, you know, I, should I share I in the sense of this is what I have experienced, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when I want to bring you into my conversation, then it becomes how can we work together to create something different? How can we work together? Mm-hmm. So, it's I when I'm sharing an example because I'm trying to get you to understand that I, I see you or I hear you. So I have to use that voice because otherwise it becomes, you need to share your truth if you want me to share mine, mm. right? Mm. So what do you have? Because yeah. I'm not going to open up to you unless you go with I and tell me about you. And then, and that's how I get most students to open up. I, I talk about me first. And I'm not, right. there are certain things, most of my life when I use that I voice, I'm very transparent about. But then when I want to go to we then it becomes how can we collaborate, how can we work. Do you mind, and I ask people, do you mind sharing your, because this is what I'm really saying to them, do you mind sharing your eye voice? Can I hear your experience? That means can I hear your eye? So that we can come together in communication. But we can't get a we in the boat until I hear, you know, what what is what are the things that may be shutting you down? That's why that ugly thing is important too, right? So I, I may be, stepping on, I'm thinking I'm stepping on your good, but actually I may be stepping on some ugly, and I need to know, where are you at in this journey? Mm. But most people won't share until you share first. But Peter, you're very open too. Mm. You will share. Whereas a lot of people, I mean, they're so layered, and sometimes with students, I will go there. I will take the time. But for some people, I won't, because my my days are only so long, and I only have so much to give. So I have to be careful to when I'm unlayering people, because there's been times where I've unlayered, and I'm like, this is way more yeah. than I expected. It's therapy at that point. So, so I have to be careful. Yeah. I'm using my I voice and my we voice. Okay, so I, oh, I think that... I like that. <laughs> I think that we have, have uh, are at the point of wrapping this up. Um, <laughs> I, what, I would, what I would like to do is actually just share two other uh, tips very briefly um, and, uh, and then invite you to, 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 to share your, your uh, uh, one to grow on. So one other tip that I have for, for students uh, in, in maintaining the multiculturalism, whatever their cultural background is, uh, in addition to knowing who they are themselves, the knowledge of self, um, 
going to to uh, groups. Um, they're, they're, even though, I mean, the university is a unique experience of being able to meet people from different places. And once one graduates, it's less available. But there are multicultural groups out there. Uh, there are multicultural fraternities and sororities. There are multicultural professional organizations uh, like the Cleveland Council of World Affairs here. They have like a, a monthly young professionals uh, dinner that they organize uh, and emphasizing international uh, conscientiousness and, and, and networking. Um, and then there is there are ethnic specific uh, young professional groups. Uh, and and there there uh, there is propensity for collabs between like the Young Latino Network or the Society of Urban uh professionals uh, there's the uh, motivations and additionally here in the Cuyahoga area just as, as a few examples of that uh, and then also joining uh, um, uh, either a, uh, an ethnic specific uh, alumni group from one's university or one's alma mater or a multicultural affinity group uh, because uh, m most universities have affinity groups many of which that are ethnic based um, and I have yet to find a multicultural specific um, uh, affinity group, but that doesn't mean it can't be started. So, uh, so that's, that's another thing of, of looking for those organizations and connections and just continuing that social interaction. Uh, and then the one other tip that I would have is just to like invest in the relationships a person already establishes. So uh, when graduation day arrives, maybe not this year, but maybe in, in future years and additionally, when graduation day arrives, like go meet this t the parents of your, your friends um, and, and like continue to make maintain contact, like make a point to like talk with each other mo each month and or, or know when like the important cycles are within each one's calendar, when the holidays are and like make a phone call, send a letter. Or, or reach out on a regular basis. Be intentional. Know something. Dig deeper into the, to the stories of of your friends, uh, and additionally, so that you can you can strengthen those relationships just for that purpose. Um, but then also that you can justify that to your own community of being like, look, this is who I'm, um, I have a relationship with. It's already established. We want to that those the relationship is not to serve the purpose of like uh, to have some benefits of it or whatever but there are benefits that are gleaned from that and and communities are very pragmatic and so it's increasingly justified when somebody can speak knowledgeably to that so investing in the relationships a person already has it, a little goes a long way through the years uh, and so that's the other tip that I have thank you cool oh good alright thank you yeah most deaf so all right, we we at the wrap up. Is there one that you ought to go on for the seventh generation from today, to like, to, as as we as we look at the universal okay. guidance? We're, okay, we're constantly evolving people. Mm. We're gonna make mistakes, but let's go back to the beginning. Mm. But if we find love for ourselves, we will find love for others. Mm. I mean, beautiful. Well, thank you very much for the convo today, Arlette. I appreciate yeah, that. All right. All right, love and peace. All right, you have a good one. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. All right, so that's the, that's the combo. A little bit choppy with the audio at the towards the end, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll see how it looks or how it sounds uh, when all this is loaded up, well, uploaded up. Anyways... Yo, I appreciate that joint. Um, uh, and uh, like I say, uh, Sister Arlette and I have uh, a number of fantastic conversations. Um, this one, actually, to be honest, I would rate this as maybe about an average one, uh, to be honest. And that, that's not, not, not taking anything away from it, but it's just just speaking about how, how 
how fantastic the conversations are. This is just one of the, one of the, one of the ordinary ones. Uh, a lot of gems. Uh, I appreciate one about the light um, and finding um, where we love ourselves and is where we love others. Um, and just that self-knowledge. And I'm also going to add at this moment, uh, along with that self-knowledge or knowledge of self, there's also that discipline of self as well to go hand in hand. Um, so, yeah, um, very much appreciative of uh, Sister Arlette in, in, uh, in um, meeting to, uh, to have the combo. And uh, in terms of the, uh, the passing the hat joint um, at the end of this, these uh, sessions... Uh, still, in terms of uh, setting up the the mechanisms and everything, uh, it has yet to be done. Um, this the receptivity of gift cards is cool. Uh, to be honest, um, we're, my mobile phone situation is um, is being uh, is in flux at this point. So uh, I used to have Virgin. Um, mobile phone service and i guess they sold to a uh, boost and now i'm uncertain how much the credits are um enduring that i have with the account so and in and it's difficult accessing the boosting so i'm looking at getting another account and everything else so that involves um, um finding an appropriate mobile phone service we, we try to be as again as ethical as possible um uh, but then also uh not utilizing money so anyways there's there's arrangements to be made but that's that's one of the the the, the things of focus at the moment um i'll say also um the cafe melanger continues on a weekly basis god willing and uh i've started a new joint um of uh i don't even know if i give a title to it uh, it's just a, a verbal uh, rendering of the weekly consideration and the weekly inspiration that I do. Uh, and at this point, we're, the, the, the plan is doing it on a um, an upasada basis, so on the new moon and the full moon. So um, that's, uh, that's forthcoming, forthgoing, continuing. Um, one thing that we're looking at starting at this point now is, um, again, on full moons, um, having arranging a monthly phone call uh, a zoom call and inviting people to uh, participate and just chop it up or whatever and that's actually what the initial premise and, and intentionality is with cafe melanger so um cafe melanger was basically on a weekly or excuse me on a daily basis or throughout the weekday but um this joint i'm talking about is just once a month uh, inviting people to talk chop it up um, or whatever so I'm working on the uh, a link for the Zoom, but again, that's where the phone situation comes in again. So that's where it is. Um, food is nice um, to have, to receive, to share. Um, and uh, that's much of it. Uh, we're continuing on with, with some additional, actually some additional endeavors as well. Um, I'll say this, um, in terms of Melanger, we are focusing on um, soliciting uh, local governments um, and agencies to uh, provide support for Melanger brethren, Melanger communities. Um, there are a number of uh, rationales for that, uh, but one is just particularly that that Melanger brethren exist in, 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 in considerable numbers in, in, in many different locations around the, around the continent, but also around the earth. 
uh, and that the uh, that our constituencies are um, without for, for for by and large um, an agency, uh, a, an advocacy group, a, a formal advocacy group. Uh, and so there's there's a void. Uh, and governments have a responsibility uh, in addressing the needs of communities and particularly along the lines of uh, social uh, services and additionally um, where many ethnic, cultural, religious communities have advocacy groups uh, that work directly to provide those services and or to uh, advocate uh, government agencies to provide those services. Uh, Mel and J. Brethren uh, have yet to, to have that type of uh, advocacy and representation uh, on a on a um, on a uh, uh, formal basis. So that's what we're doing in terms of reaching out to governments to to, to provide some type of uh, recognition and 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 uh, and support accordingly. Um, and focusing that uh, solicitation and that support uh, towards strengthening the institutional infrastructure of our Melange community. So. We are focusing on that here in the Cuyahoga area uh, and, and working on building a paradigm that can that is uh, shareable, that implementable in other locations as well. Um, still, we're still a work in progress. Um, and um, I just share that and as an FYI, um, there's local municipal agencies, city uh, city agencies, whether it's a, a suburban municipality or the a major metropolitan city, there's Cuyahoga. Oh, excuse me, there's our there are county um, agencies, uh, there's state agencies and there are federal agencies. Obviously, the bigger the the jurisdiction, the bigger the the, the ladders and, and and barriers to um, access are. But there's still that availability, particularly. Uh, that being said, at the same time, when it's larger, usually there are increasingly specific agencies, particularly at the state level, that are specifically um, uh, dedicated towards um, a a, um, a cause and a constituency that is increasingly um, proximate with the experience of being mixed. So by that, I mean, when reaching out, for example, here in the Cuyahoga area in Cuyahoga County, um, there are there's health and human services or, or uh, general um, um, bureaucratic offices to that effect that are applied to all different types of communities. Um, but at, there may be one or two. Um, and, and then there's family services or uh, educational or employment and this and the other. But again, it's to the entire community. It's applicable to the entire population. And so to add, to solicit the, the, the government to provide services specifically for a specific uh, ethnic community it is somewhat of it requires some type of um, justification. Now that that's at the local level, so it, it may it's increasingly accessible because it's increasingly local. Yet uh, the, the 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 mandate of the office is to the entire population. So to add, to solicit uh, advocacy and support for a specific segment of the population, particularly ethnically based or culturally or heritage based requires again certain justification it's still very much legit but it just that's the nature of the hurdle now that compared to at the state level where again the the state level uh there are some of the same kind of um similarly predicated offices in terms of social service or education or employment uh but it's bigger huger um and so because of that it's less accessible there's there's like barriers of um being able to communicate with the actual officials that are responsible for making those decisions however that being said at the same time um, there are um, committees there are roundtables there are councils that are specifically dedicated for ethnic base and heritage base um, in, in, in culturally based 
uh, causes and constituencies. Uh, and so uh, those are those are increasingly accessible for this type of solicitation. Uh, and, and, and it goes further to the federal level, but uh, there, there are different hoops and ladders with that. And then even to the international level with the United Nations and IGOs and NGOs and additionally. So we, we continue focusing on those things, but we're also focusing on the local just because um, it, to have some kind of face-to-face type situation, it, it seems to be increasingly... Um, have increased amount of traction, so that's what we're we're looking at, and how much we can expect to receive. It's not a matter of money uh, per se, or um, like just trying to get like a, a handout or whatever. But there's an interest in like genuinely investing within the uh, organizational infrastructure of our Melange community uh, for it to be increasingly for one just existent and, and and formidable, but increasingly also self-sustaining and contributing to. Um, the the aggregate community. Uh, that's a very extremely legit, particularly because it is very much um, under addressed, under recognized, under supported um, by conventional society to date. So um, that's 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 what we're doing. And uh, uh, again, we're still working on a number of fronts. And uh, uh, the beat goes on. And now I'm going to work to get this uploaded before the uh, the scheduled hour. Um, so I plan to um, uh, amidst the uh, determination of the monthly call, uh, the Zoom call. I plan to, to share the information uh, on the uh, the the uh, podcast website. Uh, convo with Zuri G at uh, excuse me dot wordpress dot com, um, and uh, the Rojak Rossdom uh, YouTube channel in terms of where we share our old stories that are, that uh, we we talk about in this joint and I repeatedly emphasize um, we are we are um, sh- we are uploading uh, old ancient old stories um, and. and we're, we're recruiting storytellers here in the Cuyahoga area to do that, as well as with our global brethren, uh, and to showcase that on the Road Jock Rostam website or YouTube channel. And the way we're doing it is that we're, we're setting the, ch- the settings for the, uh, the channel to be private and only available to people who are members. Uh, and the mo- membership is on a monthly basis. And the, the, the term, the membership fee, the, the terms of membership is basically just 1%, 1% of people's uh, monthly income. Uh, so it's a sliding scale um, because that's pr- considered what's most fair. Um, and so it's self-reporting on the honor system. Uh, and when people provide that contribution and then people receive the password to access the channel, we're working on, again, on the details of the, the, the mechanics of that. And, that, and, and even, uh, like the, um, don't have a PayPal account for it at this moment. So it, it, we're still in, we're in, still in the process of constructing that, but that's one of the things that's in the works as well. We actually have a number of recordings already. Some of it's already on shared on other YouTube channels. Uh, and we're also, um, arranging additional recordings with people other than just myself, uh, sharing this. And in the, in the past, one of the things that we emphasize is storytelling. That's a huge art form. It's a huge craft to like master it to the point of it being worthwhile. Now, that being said, what we're also working on at this moment and recognizing the, the endeavor, the, the formidable endeavor of storytelling itself um, is uh, the art of story reading. And <clears throat> I don't want to call it, refer to it as a lesser art form or whatever, but um, 
it is increasingly accessible um and uh it it, when we already have stories um and so uh we have written forms of stories already and um the consideration is uh, uh, um, arranging with story readers to read the stories and that can be adults that can be storytellers or professionals that can be artists musicians who are used to performing and, and giving the energy according it's also youth uh, and having that voice of the youth speaking of these ancient stories and, and building uh, globally and locally uh, interculturally and intraculturally um, with with that experience and with that voice so we, we are we're actually we're already doing that and we're, we're putting together uh, onto the website and so uh, those are some things on the works as well. That's much of it. So appreciation all around. And as I, I share in other platforms, as I, I'm, I'm continuing to be uh, cultivate this mindfulness um, in terms of one to grow on. Uh, I share that <coughs> patience is the be- the foundation of all benevolent things in this life. Patience. And everybody, anybody can cultivate patience. Three steps. Be still. Be quiet. Be honest. And when we do that, the solutions arrive. One of the solutions that approaches me in life, and particularly recently, is that your destination is heaven. Your origination is heaven. Your path is your decision. Namaste, assalamu alaikum, shalom, mir, zaijin, adios, te chakris, esempina asamubu, kirle ufred. One love and peace, happiness, and liberation.